Thank you, worship team. If you will, go ahead and take out your um, brochures, pamphlets, whatever it is, or your resource books for your prayer guide. We're on week three, and the title of this message is, Who Do You Think You're Talking To? Who do you think you're talking to? And the whole, the whole basis for this message is that we're talking to God. And what I want to try to do in this particular message is, you, you know, give to you a quality about God on why you should pray to him. You know, God, when you think about him, has many wonderful characteristics. He is a holy God. He is a loving God. He is a just God. He is compassionate. The list goes on. He's omnipresent, omni, omniscient, you know. He knows everything. He sees everything. He's everywhere. And, uh, and, and so all these things describe who God is. But the character that I want to look at this morning is goodness. God is a good God. He's a good, good Father. And because He is good, because He is a good Father, I can pray to Him and I can trust Him when I pray to Him. Because if He wasn't a good Father, if He was just like uh, the, the story, you know, of the judge and the woman that, that would come and pass from the just judge, then it, 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 he calls them wicked judge actually in the Bible, then God would not be somebody you'd want to pray to. You'd be afraid to talk to him. You'd be afraid to make requests to him. But because God is a good, good father, we can come to him with confidence. And, and that's what I want to talk, talk to you guys about this morning. If you will, go ahead and show the video. I have a video that I want you to watch for a second. I, I just want to, I, I don't know if you guys love to pray but I, I love to pray, and um, I, I just want to brag on God for a little bit, because to me, there's nothing I love more than answered prayer. I, 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 don't, I don't know if there's anything literally on this planet that I love more than when God answers and you know it was Him. Just last week, last, last Saturday, um, I'm, I live in San Francisco now. And last Saturday, we decided, hey, let's, let's put together a conference. We kind of threw it together real quickly. But I said, I'm tired of the conferences where all you do is you sing, you hear the word, you sing, you hear the word, you sing, you hear the word. Great things, but I go, why don't we do a conference where we actually do something? You know, what if we get people here in the morning and, and we'll sing, we'll hear the word, and then we'll send them out for eight hours on the streets of San Francisco. And, and, and they started washing the feet of the homeless people. They brought groceries to all the doors of the apartments. They, they made like 10,000 meals and passed those out. They did haircuts. They were, they were doing pedicures for homeless. They, they were doing all of these different things, sports camps for the little kids. We did that for eight hours. And then we went back and worshiped some more. And, and hundreds of people came out. We had to turn people away from serving that day because we didn't even have the room for them amazing time people were sharing their faith for the very first time in their lives just sitting there listening to the stories of these people on the street and telling them about the love of jesus and it was incredible we were so on fire by the end of that night but i gotta tell you the week before the the staff there they 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 decided to to pray and to fast i don't know if you've ever fasted and prayed for a week but they did this and as they were praying Man, last Wednesday, they said, you know what, we have to make 10,000 meals on Saturday, and we have no meat, and we have no money. And they're going, man, we're going to make 10,000 meals with no meat? 
But then an hour later, an hour later, the local supermarket, who didn't know anything, they call and they said, our freezers just broke down. Will you take all our meat? I was like, man, it was incredible. I mean, a a full U-Haul filled with, with prime rib, marinated chicken. I mean, just all of these ribs, everything. And we're going, man, Lord, that is incredible. I See, I love when things like that happen where you go, okay, you can't tell me that's a coincidence, that you needed something, and then an hour later, all the freezers break down at the supermarket, and they call you and say, could you use a truckload of meat? You guys, see, that's the stuff I love. This is the stuff I live for. Man, again, I tell you, I don't know if I love anything more than answered prayer. (laughs) You just have to listen to Francis Chan and just listen to how God worked because he's a good God. Because somebody called out to him and asked. They were doing what he called them to do. And God supernaturally provides. He is such a good God. And so, we're going to talk a little bit today about God being a good God. And and some people have this misimage of God. And, and, you know, I want to dispel that. Some people think God's a grumpy God. Some people think he's up there, he's shooting lightning bolts at people, wanting to hurt them. No, he's not. Some people think that he's like this uh, flaky father God. He's moody and he changes his mind constantly. It's like, I have so many things happening to me, he can't be all that good. He's flaky, he's, he's allowing all these different things to happen to me at one time. And that's just not the case. Some people think he's a dictator God. You do what I say... And I will give you what I think you deserve. And and that's not who God is. And some people think he's even this Plato God. We can make him and form him into anything we want. And that's just not who God is. And, And then there's, you know, the Mr. Potato Head God. I like to think of God as whatever I can create out of Mr. Potato Head. And he's none of those things. He is a good, good father. And, and, and he desires and wants to show you that goodness. And part of that is praying to him with, that, with, with the understanding that he is a good father. So, who do you think you're talking to? A.W. Tozer says, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. When you pray... What do you think about? Who do you think God is when you pray? I want to challenge you to think when you start praying, especially during this week, think of God as a good, good father that wants your goodness. Everything that's happening in your life is for your good. I want you to picture that this week as you pray. And so... The first thing that I see is that God is a good God because he's always good. And God's plans for my life will always be good. God's plans for your life will always be good. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, 12 says, For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me, and verse 12 says, I will listen. You know, you're not an accident. Your life is not a mistake. God created you. God formed you. And God has allowed you to be here this morning. You know, if, if really, you know, you think about it, you know, God, when I think about his goodness and, and his plans, you know, for our life and for our church and, and for everything, you know, he is wanting to bless. Now, that doesn't mean we're always going to look at it and think this is a blessing in my life. But God is a blessing God. He is a God that loves us. He's prepared for us things. Psalms 39, 19, 31, 19 says, How great is your goodness that you have stored up those who fear you and accomplished in the sight of everyone for those who take refuge in you. You, you know, God, it says in that verse, is storing up goodness for you. He says he's storing up things for those that fear him and accomplish him. He is preparing to bless people. He's preparing to bless us. And so during this 40 days of prayer, I want you guys to experience God's blessings. Sometimes it might come in ways you just don't know. It might be something like Francis Chan said. It might be you're doing a ministry that you're preparing and you're stepping out in faith to do this certain ministry and that unless God shows up, it's just not going to happen. It could be that way. It could be just the fact that you start praying and to know that God is listening to you, it brings joy into your heart. That's a blessing. It, it could be any form of thing, but I want you to think about that. I want you to have that mindset and have that attitude that that. Through this time that you're going to spend with God in prayer, that, that something's going to happen in your life to bless you. That God is looking out for you and that your good is there at his heart. And so Romans 8.28 says, We know all things work together for good to those that love God and to, who are called according to, our, to, to his purpose. Now, you read that verse and you think, man... My life is going to be filled with goodness. And it just doesn't seem that way at all times. That's not what it says. It says, we know that all things work together for the good. That doesn't mean everything in your life is going to be good. I've been in the hospital four times this week. I've seen a little girl, 10 years old, that at five weeks of age had a major stroke, or aneurysm, I'm sorry, aneurysm in her brain. She is a special needs child, and she'll be like that unless God miraculously heals her mind. Just, I just went down there to visit her and her mom just to let them know, hey, I want to pray for you. I, you know, anything I can do for you, let me know. And, and you have, you'd sit there and you'd look at that child and you'd think, is God really a good God? He's still a good God. Because this verse doesn't tell me everything's going to be good in my life. But it tells me that it's going to work together for good if I love God. Saw another child this past week. Had the flu. He's, he had to be admitted in the hospital because he has 
he has the flu. Most of us, you know, we might not have to have that, but this child does. He is a young man that, that was born with only a partial heart. And so his blood does not pump through his body. It literally just flows through his body. So his lungs and his heart work together to, to basically get the blood to where it needs to go. Is God still a good God? You might think, man, that just doesn't seem like a good God to allow something like that to happen. He's still a good God. And that child knows that God is a good God. Saw another family. Tumor in, the, tumor in her brain. Tumor or cancers in the lungs. Stage four, probably. The, the list goes on. I, I went and saw Phyllis on, on Friday night. She had a stroke. She had a blood clot in her heart, blood clot in her brain. Still not responding. Is God a good God? He is a good God. We look at these situations and we think, he's, how can he be good? He's a good God. He's a good God because of he's working all these things out to good. You know, we can trust him. We can trust him. Everything God does in my life, he does for my good. Could you go show that verse, that, that, that statement? I believe I have it on the screen. It should say uh, right after Genesis 50, 20. Everything God does in my life, he does for my good. I want everybody to say that. Everything God does in my life, he does for my good. How many of you believe that? Raise your hands. Everything God does in your life, he really does for your good. You might not think it's for your good. You might not feel like it's for your good. But it is for your good. And some of the things we're going to talk about later get into that. So, number two, God is always good. God is good because God is always good. And he's always good because God always gives me what I need not what I deserve. I want you to think about this. God always gives me what I need and not what I deserve. Because if we're truthful, if God gave us what we really deserved, none of us would be here right now. None of us would be here. Because it tells us in the Bible that we are, we're, we're pretty bad. We're pretty bad off. And that we all, because we are sinners, because we have all messed up, do not and cannot equate to being what God calls righteous without help. And so, so for the fact that we're able to stand in God's sight as, as believers, then, then we're getting something far beyond what we don't deserve. The fact that we're alive still, we're getting something beyond the fact that we don't deserve. And so God doesn't always give us what I need, uh, or he gives us what I need, but not what I deserve. Psalms 103:10 and 12 says that he has not treated us as we deserve for our sins or paid us back for our wrongs. In his goodness, he has taken our sins away and removed them as far as the east is from the west. I want you to think about that. God has taken everything bad about you, which is all your sins, 
and he has removed him from himself as far as the east is from the west. Is that a good God? Is that a good God that does that? That is a very good God that does that. And, and so he is a good God. And, and, and when King David, he, it says that he committed adultery and that he committed murder. Did he deserve mercy? No, he didn't deserve it. But did he get it? He got it because he knew God is good. And so here's what he prayed. Psalms 51, 1 and 2. Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion. Blot out my rebellion. Complete me, wash away my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. David prayed that because he knew God was a good God and that would forgive him for what he had done. God is good. He's a good father because he's always giving us what we need not what we deserve. You know, when I think about this, I want to think about one of the secrets that we all have. And this is a secret I think everybody has built up in their life. And, And it is the fear of rejection. A lot of people... It, it disables them, their, uh, the fear of rejection. And, and so we do everything possible to avoid being rejected. Think about your own life. Think about the possibility of you being rejected by someone. What have you done to avoid that? We've all done something. You know, if you, when you're a little guy and, you know, you're, you're starting to like girls, sometimes you avoided the girls even though you liked them. Because you're like, I'd rather not know that they like me or not like me than to be rejected by them. Some adults still have that problem. Um, sometimes we, we, we see people and, you know, we've had conversations with them and we're thinking, they don't really like me. I think I'll avoid them because our conversations haven't gone as well in the past. And so I think I'll avoid them because I don't want to be rejected by them. And so sometimes we think, you know, I've got all this messed up stuff in my life. I've got all this sin. I've got all this guilt. I've got all these problems in my life. God really couldn't accept me. He couldn't really appreciate anything about me. So I just might as well not talk to God. That is far from the truth. God is wanting you to talk to him. He's not going to reject you. He wants you to come to him because he is a good father. He is a good God. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says that that we can come before him with boldness. Because it says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we will receive the mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Catch that word. Write it down. Boldness. How many of you ever thought, I can come and talk to God with boldness? That's the opposite of what we normally think about. I got to be humble. I got to be all these things and I got to be unworthy to talk to God. God says to boldly come to him. Because he is a good father, he loves you, and because he has 
what you need and knows what's best for you. And so you need to come boldly with courage without any fear of rejection from him. So boldly come to him. Number three, God is always good, God, because God is always good. Because he put my good above his own son's good. Should say sons, I didn't add that in. It should say his own son's good. And I want you to think about this. 1 John 10, 14 and 15 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me and I will sacrifice my life for the sheep. And John 15, 13 says, no one has greater love than this than that they lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ laid down his life for every single one of us. God put your good above the good of his own son, Jesus. Because, you know, when God created everything, he could have said, you know, I could choose any other way to redeem man, to, to, to bring us back to him. But in his plan, it was through his son, Jesus Christ, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate giving of everything he had. You know, you think of Abraham and Isaac, where Isaac, Abraham was sacrificing Isaac to, to God because God commanded. And yet God is here fulfilling what Isaac never did, is, is, is being in a sacrifice. God is saying, I am giving you the ultimate of what I have, which is my son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ willingly gave up his goodness, his good for you on a cross. And he died for you because he is a good God. He is a good father and has your good at heart because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, the greatest person that's ever lived, the, the fully God man, his son for you. You don't think God doesn't put your good up there? He puts your good way up there because he gave his best for you. So God is a good father because he put his own son good up for you. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's an exchange. God exchanged his son's life for yours. He exchanged his son's life on the cross for you. Because he's a good God. Because he's a good father. And that your goodness, he places even above his own son's goodness. Romans 8.32 says, He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? I can come to God. And talk to God, knowing he's a good God, knowing he's a very good father, because he sent Jesus Christ in my place. And if he sent Jesus Christ to die for me, I know he loves me far more than any other person ever will. Far more than anything ever will. You know, some of us have dogs and we think, man, they just love us so much. You know, my, my kids might not love me as much, or my wife, you know, sometimes might not, but my dogs, they will always love me. 
You can, you can kick a dog and he'll stump come. Now, don't kick your dogs. But you can, you could, they'll come running back to you. God loves you far more. Far, far more than anything in this world. Because he sent his best. He sent Jesus Christ for you. To die for you on the cross. To pay a price that you couldn't pay yourself, but you deserve to pay. And he sent him because he's a good God. He's a good father. And you know what? Every single person outside these walls need to know that. They need to hear the message that God is a good God because he gave his best. He gave his only son for them because he loves them and he's so good to them. And so he put his own son's need above ours or or our needs above his own son's. And the fourth, and this is going to be hard to understand, but he does not say yes to everything. We talked a little bit about it last week. God, because he's a good father, does not say yes to everything. You, you, you tell me, well, man, I have been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And if God is such a good guy, why hasn't he figured this thing out for me? Why am I still doing or going through this whole complicated mess that I'm going through? And you're fit to be tied and you're broken. Your heart broke about the situation. And, and, and you're like, why, God? Why is it? If you truly love me, why would you allow this hurt to take place in my life? Or if you truly love me, why are these requests that I'm asking for, which are good requests, just feel like they're not ever being answered? Why is that? You know, a good father and a good parent doesn't always give their children what they want. Sometimes we don't even give them what they think they need. We do what's best for them. Because if you gave them everything that they wanted, you'd ruin the child. See, God knows everything that you need. Right now, God knows everything you need. He also knows everything you need in your life. And so because of that, God does answer those requests. He answers them four ways. I kind of told you last week how he answers them. You know, I said he says no. He says yes. He says wait. And then he says you're kidding me, right? I want to clarify. (laughs) I want to clarify. God says no. He says no, this request that you're making is just not ever going to be answered. So let's move on. Sometimes God says I'll answer yes to that request, but the timing is not right. We need to go slower. The timing is not right. Eventually that request will get answered, but we need to go a little slower. Sometimes God says that the request that that he's going that you're asking is a yes, but it's got a condition. You need to grow first. You need to grow up. There's something in your life that you're asking for, and God says it's an honorable request. I want to do that for you. But you need to learn and grow right now. It's not that the timing isn't right. It's that you're not right. And you need to grow. And then sometimes God answers a request. And it's almost immediate like Francis Chan. It is a yes. And it's an emphatic yes. And we need to learn sometimes how to discern those answers when we pray. 
So Luke 11, 11 to 13 says this, what father among you, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? And we're talking about a good parent. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? No parent would do that. At least not the ones I know. Even you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He's saying how much more will the father above all give to you, give to you the good things, give to you the Holy Spirit to to make known to you different things or to give you wisdom in life? How much more willing is God willing to give him? And yet, we ask ourselves, why don't I have? We need to start asking, God, is this a no? Is this a grow? Is this a slow? Or is this a go? An emphatic yes. Start asking those questions when you're praying. Because God will reveal that to you. And then fifth. Fifth thing. He invites us to live with him forever. God is a good father because he invites us to live with him forever. I have no other idea about these other gods that people pray to. You know, I don't study a lot of them. I've studied some of them. But none of them is as good as God, the creator of all the earth, because they're not really gods, but he is. They can't give anything. But he can. And he invites us to live forever with him. He's a good father because he's inviting people to come and spend eternity with him. He is inviting people to spend their life with him. Second Thessalonians. It says, 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who has loved us and has given us eternal encouragement and good hope by grace. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good work and word. He's inviting us. He's inviting us to spend eternity with him. And Psalms 23, 6 says, Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in your house, O Lord, as long as I live. God is good. Because he is inviting us into that fellowship with him. And so, because I know all these things about God and his goodness, because you know all that now, I want you to pray differently. If you haven't been praying that way, I want you to pray with the aspect that God is a good father to me. God is a good God and that I can come and talk to him. Not that God is this holy being, which he is, that doesn't want to hear me because I'm just so bad, but he is so good and is longing for me to talk to him. He's like, he, it's a picture of the prodigal son, like I talked to you last week. The prodigal son went off and did his own thing, messed up, spent all of his money, wound up in a pigsty, eating the same food the pigs were. He says, you know what, I can do better at home. He comes back. He's thinking, man, I'll just work like a servant. I'll just work like some of the hired people my dad has. But at least I'll have food and a roof over my head. And, you know, my dad's going to kick me out of the house. Maybe he'll take me back in. And as that son was coming over the mountains, coming down, and the father was sitting there on the porch waiting for him, 
looking at him, and then running to him. And Jesus says that is who God is. When you pray, that's the kind of God I want you to picture. That God is this heavenly Father sitting on the porch waiting for you to talk to Him. Waiting for you to come to Him because He's going to emphatically run to you. And hug you. And kiss you. And put a ring on your finger just like He did the prodigal son. If you're a believer. And He's going to dress you in His robes. Because He loves you. Because he's so good. He didn't kick the son out. He didn't reject him. He just loved him even more. And that's the God that you're praying to. A good, good father. He is so good to us. Even when we don't see it. Even when we don't think it. He is still good. And there is no denying that. Because... His plans for us, we don't know. Things that are in our life, we don't know why they're there. But if we love God, we truly love Him, and we're truly looking to do what He wants, we know that it is ultimately for good. Sometimes good means dying. It really does. Think about death. It's going to happen to everyone. Everybody in the Bible has died except for two people, Enoch and who's the other one? Elijah, exactly. Those are the only two people that never died. God called them out before they died. Everybody else in the Bible, including Jesus, died. Jesus was resurrected. If you're a believer and you die, you're immediately in the throne room of God with him. You tell me death isn't better than this life? It is. It's a whole lot better. But we have work to do down here. And that doesn't mean everything's always going to be hunky-dory. It doesn't mean everything's going to be good. But it's going to work together for good because he's a good father. And we don't understand. We don't know why things go on. We'll never understand in some cases. But God uses those circumstances for good. Because sometimes that good might not appear good to us, but it is good for somebody else. It might bring somebody else to the saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. Is that for good? Yes. Is it good for me? Yes. Is it good that I have to go through this? Maybe not. But it is good. And in all cases, because God is a good Father, it is always good. And he is looking out. Even sometimes if we mess up and we get punished, is that good? Yes. If you have a child, sometimes you have to correct your child, right? Does that feel good to that child when you correct them? No. Does that feel good for him? No. Or her? Is it for their good? Yes, it is. Sometimes that's you. Sometimes God's sitting there saying, I need to correct you. You get corrected. Move on, it's for your good. And that's why he's calling us to repent to him. But God is a good father and you can trust him. So this week as you pray, think about God and his goodness to you and everything working out for his good and your good in your life to prepare you for goodness. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for 
your loving compassion on us to show us that you are a very good father to us. That our good is at your heart. And that sometimes in life, that doesn't appear to us. We pray, Father, that that will be shown to us this week. That even when we don't think it's good, we know it's good. That even in circumstances in our life that, you know, we might have messed up in our life and we might need to ask for forgiveness for something and repent to you. Because some of these things that are happening in our lives may be just because we've stepped out of your will and need to come back to you and ask for forgiveness. And you're trying to bring us back to repentance. And so that is good because it's correction. And Father, sometimes we just know things are going on in our lives and it is all hunky-dory and everything is great, Father. And you're just pouring out your blessings and we feel that goodness. We thank you for those times as well. Allow us this week to just discover your goodness in every single aspect of our lives. Continue to watch over us now as we respond to the message. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Stand.
You got another one? No. Okay, good. Are you sure? Make sure I wasn't interfering. All right. Good deal. All right. Um, thank you, everybody, for being here. Um, just take note. I don't know if we have it in our bulletin, but there are several areas of opportunities for you guys to get involved with and be a part of our church. One of the things that I want to throw out is safety team. You know, we need more people on the safety team. I think we have about five to seven men that are constantly working at helping make sure that the places are safe around here. But we, we really do need some more help with that. So if you guys could, you know, and women, um, you, you know, the, we'll, we'll have a sign-up sheet or get in contact with me or Shannon, and we'll put you in touch with the right person. And that way you can get involved with that and help out with that. Also, our children's ministry. We have very much need for children's. I know that, you, you know, you've seen it in the bulletins in the past, but we really do have a need for that. And, um, you, you know, we're trying to do some things different, change some things, making it more safe for them and more fun. But that requires more workers. And so some of you had said, you know, maybe I, maybe I want to get involved in an area. Let me just throw this out. Children's. Children's ministry on Sunday morning really does need some help. And it wouldn't be a lot of a commitment, but it would be some commitment. And it would help some of the workers that are down there be able to come up here to our morning worship services more often. So those are two areas that you can get involved with. Come see me or Shannon, and we'll get you fit with the right people and, and do whatever needs to be done to get those taken care of. So just uh, think about those two things um, as we leave this week. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for being a good God. Thank you for loving us. We ask right now that you will protect us and watch over us this week. And the ones that have hurts in their lives, I pray that you'll comfort them this week. The ones that, that have people in the hospital that, that, that are hurting and, and physically just broken down, that you will protect their hearts this week. Give them comfort this week. And, and for the others, Father, we just ask that you'll bless their lives this week in whatever area they're, they're, they're in and, and doing, Father. And just continue to watch over us now. It's in your name we pray. Amen.